Good morning. It's May Day. It's been six weeks and five days since we last met as a church at Gateway. What's changed? What's different? Where do we go from here? This is not going to be a devotion this morning as much as an announcement. And it's going to be geared mostly toward Gateway Downtown's members and regular attenders, but hopefully any other listeners will find value in it. The big news for those of us in Ohio is that we are going to begin gradually restoring normal activities today. And if you're confused about it, here's the basic idea as I understand it. Today, non-essential outpatient medical activities can resume. Monday, construction, manufacturing, and distribution work that wasn't previously considered essential is allowed to resume work with substantial additional measures to protect worker safety. Likewise, office work can reopen on Monday, though with a strong encouragement to keep employees working from home if possible. Finally, on May 12th, retail establishments that weren't considered essential before will be free to reopen, again with plenty of extra precautions. The mandatory shelter-in-place order, as I understand it, will be or has been amended to allow these exceptions and to allow gatherings of 10 or fewer people. So what does that mean for churches? In a word, nothing. With apologies to any of you living in states with different policies, we have been blessed here in Ohio with a governor who has carved out explicit First Amendment protections in these orders from day one. Churches have never been mandated to close. Churches have never been threatened to be closed. That has not been the case in other states. As Baptists, we share in a long tradition of Christians who believe the state has no business dictating the religious convictions of human beings. Whatever you think of our governor's politics, we ought to applaud that sensitivity and give thanks to God for it. That means, as most of you are aware, our closing down of Gateway's public services has been entirely voluntary. And that further means any reopening will be at our discretion, not when the government gives us permission. So what will we be looking for? The elders had intense discussion about this when the governor limited gatherings to 50 people in mid-March. We decided that because we have a relatively small space with few high contact surfaces, we could effectively sanitize before and after service. Moreover, we did not expect our gatherings to be over 50 people, especially with some voluntarily staying home. But when the governor's orders dropped to gatherings of 10 people or less, we reconsidered our stance. After deliberation, our view was that if the state and if the medical community were recommending minimizing gatherings, that meant that it would be better for the community's health if we did not meet either. 1 Peter 2 verse 17 reads, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. In a democratic republic, I'd argue that the emperor is the citizenry. And as we thought about how to best honor everyone and the emperor, our decision was that it was in the best interest of Cleveland Cuyahoga County, and Ohio to suspend public services. 
Essentially, with the governor's orders expiring today, we are in the same place we were on March 22nd. No gatherings over 10. And so we're going to stand pat a little while longer. As many of you know, we recruited the healthcare professionals in our membership to form an advisory health team. The elders recognized that since we are not practiced in the mitigation of contagious diseases, we needed some voices in our ear that could help translate the science into best practices for our context. We intend to rely heavily on them in our plans for reopening. When we reopen, we want to do things in a way that is ultimately a blessing for the community. Last night, the elders discussed in broad terms what we're looking for and what we're hoping to see happen before we can open. Nothing was decided, and there's nothing very revealing there, but we're generally on the same page. We're going to be monitoring the situation very closely, listening to our health team, listening to the disease experts across Ohio and across our country, and of course, listening to our governing authorities themselves. In the meantime, what can you do? As we have often said, pray, prepare, and don't panic. There is no need to live in fear. But not living in fear doesn't mean we don't take reasonable precautions. I wear a seatbelt when I get in the car. That's not because I'm scared, but because it's a reasonable precaution. It's being prepared. And on long road trips, our family usually sets out with prayer. Not because prayer magically makes us safe, but because we know that our journey is ultimately in God's hands and he loves his children. And you know what? Sometimes I don't put on my seatbelt. And then I remember my wife or my kids and I put it on. Sometimes we do things for others. So I would personally urge you to not live in fear, but live in love of your neighbor. Continue to avoid unnecessary social contact as best as possible. Work remotely if you have the choice. Wear a mask in public because you might not know if you're sick or not with this disease. Be extra polite. Try to shop local. Tip well. And when people wonder why you're so hopeful, then as Peter suggested, be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Remember, there are many anxious people, many unprepared people, and many people who do not know how or to whom to pray. Be salt and light for them, pointing them to the Savior who casts out fear, prepares us for eternity, and allows us to boldly approach the throne of grace. Until next time.